2: Good morning everyone, or should I say Shana Tova, Happy New Year for all of our Jewish siblings and those of us who have Jewish heritage and traditions as part of what grounds us in our lives. Happy New Year, may it be sweet for all of us this new year. Welcome everyone, including the folks joining us on Livestream. I am Vanessa Southern, I'm the Senior Minister of the First Unitarian Universal Society of San Francisco. I'm joined by my colleague, the Reverend Laura Shenham, the Minister of Congregational Life. And I am also joined this morning up on the chancel by Mari Magaloni-Ramos, one of our worship associates, and our newest worship associate, Santana. Gonzalez Gomez, it says in your program, but since Santana got married two weeks ago, we hadn't been updated that she changed her name to McBride. Perfect, and happens to be her beloved's last name, which is perfect. It was Santana, the newest member of the Worship Associates, who mentioned when we were all gathered, as we do most months, that September 15th was the beginning of National Hispanic American Heritage Month. And from there, the conversation took off. And with just a few weeks lead time and the enormous help of Mark Sumner, where are you, Mark? You and the choir in the back today, who moved mountains and reached out to all of his connections, and Reko Odalane, who made such beautiful selections this morning, and all of us, with our creative generative reflection, pulled today's service together because as is part of our strategic goals for this congregation, we really wanna step into what it means to be the community that we already are and the one we hope ever more to become. And so today's service is very much in that spirit. So welcome if you are here today or on live stream if you have an order of service if you don't raise your hand and we'll get an order of service so you can participate and follow along there's a link for those of you who are online those of you who are online if you have any issues or questions there's someone monitoring the chat who hopefully can help you we welcome people because of the rise in covid numbers to wear masks to help keep yourself safe if that's what you need to do and there is to my left a section that's marked for masked only if that also is something um, that you need to do for your self-care. So welcome. I invite us all to take a deep breath and let our spirit which is the same word as breath in its origin to catch up with our bodies many of which had to hurry to get here and to be here joined for the purposes, the sacred purposes of this hour. Welcome. I want to invite, they're not listed right in the order of service, but I want to invite the Ferre family, Sarah and Davia, to lead us in our chalice lighting this morning, after which we will sing together hymn number 187, which is in your gray hymnals.
0: We light our chalice, a symbol of Unitarian Universalism, calling into this space all of us who are part of this community, near or far. Wherever this hour finds you, know you are with us, too. For those of you at home, feel free to light your own candle or chalice if you have one. Will you say with me the words of our chalice lighting that are printed in your order of service? We light this chalice for the light of truth the warmth of love and the fire of commitment. We light this symbol of our faith as we gather together.
1: Aloha. Aloha. I am Galen Workman, a member of the board of trustees. Trustee Megan Limar is listed in the order of service as doing the announcements today, but she had some successful surgery this past week. I talked to her just before the church this morning. She's doing fine, but I'm happy to stand here in for her. If this year is your first time joining us in person or watching on live stream, welcome and thank you. If you'd like to receive a copy of our weekly newsletter, The Flame, which includes a link to the Order of Service and the Sunday live stream, you can fill out one of our yellow connection forms. These forms are in the pew, some of the pews in front of you, they're on the welcome table, and they're also available online through the Order of Service and the video description of the service. The Order of Service does list a lot of upcoming events and links to opportunities to connect. Please engage in any and all of them that are of interest to you. I do want to call some attention to a couple of special news items. First, on behalf of the choir, happy birthday to Andy Kessler, the choir's bass baritone new section leader. Happy birthday, Andy. The Society's online auction opens today after the worship service. And you can also buy tickets to attend our luau and in-person Aloha Ohana auction on October 15th. I'm already dressed and ready for that uh, community's family event. The food will be wonderful, and the live auction is fun, fantastic, and surprising. To give you a taste of what you'll experience, I'd like to introduce auctioneer Gary Lorenson. Gary? I am your resident auctioneer. We're going to give you a little hint right now. I'm going to auction off a day of happiness, a day of happiness today. You can use your, your program as a bidder paddle or maybe one of the books or even your hand. No money will be collected. We're just going to show you what a little bit would be like. So a day of happiness. Do I see $100 anywhere? One, one. Thank you. One hundred, dollars two, four. Four hundred, five. Five hundred, six. Six hundred, seven. Seven hundred. Give me eight. Eight hundred, nine. Thank you, Gary. <laughs> and now one more special note. We're creating a new photo directory of the members and friends of the community. Please schedule a time for your photo session here, by, either here or we're stopping by the table after the worship service. People who take photos will choose which one to use in the directory, and will also get a free copy and the chance to buy others. The, last, the dates for the photo shoot are the last Thursday, Friday, and Saturdays in October and they're also listed in the order of service. If everyone participates, we'll have a valuable tool for remembering names and faces. It won't be complete without you. (laughs) These are the special items I wanted to call to your attention. Before we pause to greet one another, I want to give a special invitation for those of you on YouTube live stream to participate in the greetings on chat. Maybe say hi and shout out your favorite Hawaiian experience. Or if you've not yet been to Hawaii, Maybe share your top Hawaiian fantasy. And now, on live stream and in person, let's take a moment to greet one another.
0: Good morning. I would like to invite all children that of all ages to come up to our front row, if they want to. And parents can come, too. And if there's not enough room in this row, feel free to have a seat. Feel free to scoot over to this side, too. And we can move the hymnals. You can also sit up here. Okay. Everybody have a seat? Okay. Can you possibly scoot a little bit so these little two, these two little ones can you wanna come here and sit? Or do you want to sit with mom? You want to sit right here? You can stay with mom. That's okay. So I want to introduce you to a really good friend of mine. Her name is Mari Magaloni Ramos, and she has a wonderful thing to talk to you about.
3: Thank you. All right, well, have you ever, I'm sorry, I couldn't hold the mic and the book at the same time, so Laura's going to help me. (laughs) Okay. have you ever. Loved something so much that it was hard to share it. Yeah. Like you love it so much that you were afraid to share it because in case other people might not understand how much it means to you. Like maybe you were afraid they might laugh or be too rough or maybe they just wouldn't get it and that would just feel, I don't know, it would hurt, right? Maybe it was a song you wrote or a picture you drew or maybe it was a little gift gift. Just a little gift, but from someone that means a lot to you. Maybe you felt that way about a person. You love them so much, and you feel protective of them, like maybe a baby neighbor or a grandpa. You have to come here. Do you want to tell us? Yeah.
4: Um, my puppy's here. Over there. Wow. Hi, puppy. What's your puppy's name? Boba.
0: Boba. Oh. Is that a favorite drink too? Yes. <laughs>
3: Thank, Thank you, you so for yeah. sharing that. Does anyone else want to talk about or share something that is really special to them? Yeah. For me, it's mariachis. I love mariachis. <laughs> I'm from Mexico. and. Um, Mariachis, I'm sorry. mariachis are very special to me and for, uh, to many people from all over Latin America. Mariachis came to be when the indigenous musicians of Mexico blended their music and their instruments with the ones brought over by the Spanish and other Europeans who colonized them. Like American jazz musicians from Louisiana, mariachis from the state of Jalisco in Mexico created their own unique sound, and turned the pain of colonization into beautiful, life-giving music. Many people from Mexico and from all over Latin America have to leave their homes, their friends, their families, in order to find work or a safe place to live. That's how I came to be here, among everyone. It's hard, and for many of us, it's impossible to go back to the countries that we came from, so sometimes the only way to visit home is through the songs that the mariachis sing. The songs tell stories about the places we come from and the people we left behind. That's why sometimes you'll see us cry when mariachis play, even though the song sounds happy. Yeah, we're we're remembering them. Mariachis hold our history and our culture, and the music is so unique and beautiful that the United Nations put mariachis of Mexico on the same list of humankind's great treasures as the Great Wall of China and the Taj Mahal of India. Yes. It's Hispanic Heritage Month, and we thought that we would invite mariachis to celebrate, but part of me, was feeling uh, very protective and afraid to share them. I was afraid that my friends might not get it, and uh, that would hurt me. But I noticed something else, too. I noticed that the part of me that belongs to this community, that part would hurt if I didn't share the mariachis because they're a big part of who I am. And I want to be seen. I want to be known and understood. I want us all to be. I want us to know each other, body and soul. I mean, that's why we come here, right? That's why we're here together today. And how can we really know each other? Yeah, how can we know each other if we don't take a chance sometimes and share the things that mean a lot to us? So I want to take a chance right now so we can get to know each other better and become even better friends. Will you help me welcome my mariachi friends? Do you know, yeah, do you know how to say welcome in Spanish? You say, bienvenido. On the count of three, say, bienvenido with me. Bienvenidos! El mariachi Trio Jalisco. Yeah, mucho gusto, señores. Thank you so much for being here. We have Salvador on the guitar. Jorge en el requinto. Y Ulises en el guitarrón. Al guitarrón. Come here. Come and show us. Enseñanos el guitarrón. This is... Well, like I said, uh, the mariachis created their own kinds of instruments too, and the guitarrón is one of our favorite ones. You often see the mariachis with them; very beautiful. Now, mariachis do something that I love very much, and it's called el grito. Ojai! Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the grito is when it's like a, when you just are so full of emotion that the words are not going to hold it, so you got to let it out. And sometimes the grito can be very enamorado. Echa un grito enamorado. A ver. <laughs> uh, sometimes the grito can be very sad. A ver, échate un grito triste. ¿Tú no? ¿Tú no gritas? Uh, ¿Qué tipo de mariachi? A ver, un grito triste.
4: Un grito triste. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so it can be any sort of thing, and I'm wondering if any of you would like to practice a grito with us. Would anybody like to try it? Anybody? Everybody. Come on, Vanessa. Yo sola. <laughs> I'll do it with you. One of my favorites, Santana Andale. Show us how to do it. <laughs> One of my favorite gritos that I loved it was they're they're just like so impassioned and enamored they go we uy, 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 oh uy. <laughs> A ver, a, a ver, enséñenos a ver, Santana. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Vanessa, you want to try it? <laughs> it? <Is> ah! <any, laughs> bueno. Um, Thank you so much for sharing the mariachis with me, my friends, my heart. And uh, just so you know, the Mexico Lindo uh, lyrics are about um, if I. uh, so many of us have to leave our country in order to work and find a living. That song is about if I die, Mexico, if I die far away from you, tell them I'm asleep so they'll bring me back. That's what you heard, Mexico Lindo, beautiful Mexico, take me back. And now the Maris are going to finish with a happy song from the origin, Jalisco, no? Gracias.
0: Now is the time that we come together in saying our sacred promises that bring us into community together. Please join me in saying the unison covenant. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its prayer. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in freedom, and to help one another.
2: Invite us into a time of shared meditation and prayer this morning. Calling out. out to the God of so many names, so many names Adonai, Yahweh, Lord, Dios, Brahma, Deva, Elohim, Jehovah, Allah, Nanabuluku, Chukwu, Ulorum rigid Thor, names that reverberate through millennia of human life, God of so many names and the unknowable, mysterious ground of all being that is beyond all naming, that from which we arose and to which we will return. We call your names into this space. You are the name that is called out for things hoped for that would hold us through times when the abyss is close and pull us forward out of the hardest moments and places. Name for so much we cannot see, but sometimes need and ask to know. We hold up to all of that knowing and unknowing this morning the people in Libya, 5,000 and counting and the devastating flood and rebuilding they face, and the people of Morocco and the earth that shook and broke their homes and bodies, and the people of Ukraine in war that has no reason but greed for land and power and all the places of pain and suffering, intimate and national and universal. On mountaintops and in silence, walking a hundred miles to find it, in study and song, all the practices we have that throw open the window to try and meet and touch what is sacred, call on you at once the same and so vastly different. However we name our ultimate realities, whatever rituals and practices we have that ground us and serve the best in our lives, may they all find a place here. whatever serves larger love and helps us seek justice, whatever moves us to know and then do the work that eases the tide of human suffering, however we can. By all the names by which we know our sacred truths and one another, we give thanks for the richness and the diversity of it all, of us all, amen.
5: There's a drink sold at a coffee shop I like called Cascara Fizz, or Cascara Fizz, depending on how Americanized you are. When I first saw this drink, I wondered what it would be. It's a strange name for this non-caffeinated drink at a coffee shop. But since it was late in the day, and I tend to be a bit sensitive to caffeine, I decided to try it. What I got, It was a sparkling sweet drink with a familiar taste I couldn't place. I've had something like this before, but when and where? It's sweet, it's good, and it kind of tastes like home. A few years ago, just before COVID shut everything down, my parents took me to El Salvador for Christmas and New Year's. I was super excited. I'd get to see the holiday traditions that my parents grew up with and see family that I hadn't seen in a while. The holiday season also happens to be the dry season in El Salvador, so I could enjoy all the fruits growing on trees that the rainy season brought to life. Now, my family happens to have a small coffee farm in the small town that we're from, and this trip was the first time I had seen it in person. Farm itself is not too much bigger than the inside of this sanctuary, the two-story house at the end that my parents are working on to be a vacation home of some sort. The coffee trees are young and small but give just enough beans each year for my parents to take home and enjoy with us for a long time. The dry season is when the coffee berries ripen, turning from green to a beautiful red color, ready to be picked, roasted, and ground. So we're at the farm, looking around and admiring the growth of cheese when my mom tells me, you know, Santita, there's something I would do with coffee berries as a kid when they'd ripen. I asked her, what would you do? She told me, okay, put one in your mouth, chew on it, spit the bean out, and swallow the rest. I gave her a puzzled look, but did as I was told anyway, taking a berry off the branch and biting into it. To my pleasant surprise, out came a bit of sweet syrup, lasting just about a second before it's all gone, and all that's left in my mouth is the skin of the berry, la cascara, as we say in Spanish. I did this with another berry, and yet another one, until my mom stopped me and said, mijita, leave some coffee for the rest of us, please. Being salvi and growing up in the US can be a bit isolating especially since a lot of the Latina community in this country tends to center Mexican experiences and culture. But even so, I've been able to find community and pieces of home even in the most unexpected places. I didn't think I'd find home at a downtown coffee shop for $5, but I'm glad that I did.
2: We know what everyone's going to do after service today. And now our offering, which will go for disaster relief uh, in Libya, although we are looking for reputable ways to make sure that we channel that aid. So if you have any suggestions, please see me after worship. That offering will be both given and gratefully received. Another name of sacred significance, Guadalupe, Lady Guadalupe. One of the things that we love in our congregation as a lived reality and as an ideal we're always striving for, both, is diversity and community. Our mission statement, the newest one, as many of you I'm sure have set to memory, literally says, as a vibrant, joyous, caring, inclusive community of diverse people, we create a nurturing space for spiritual growth and learning. It goes on, based on our shared values, we work together courageously and publicly for human rights, economic justice, and environmental salvation. It makes sense that we would be such a people. We who were either raised in the Bay Area and chose to stay or who chose to move to this part of the world, more likely than not, are people who welcome diversity. Because clearly, there are more homogenous places in the country than San Francisco. It's possible, too, that some of us chose to be here because our community actually had critical mass in this city. If we're Filipino-American or trans, if we're from a mixed-race family, we we find our people more easily here. But I'd hazard a guess, knowing what I know, that we, all of us here, are people also who learn to love and grow. We are familiar, I'm sure, some of you, of that idea of fixed learning versus uh, uh, sorry, a fixed versus learning mindset. Do you all know that, right? The learning mindset is the idea that we can change and grow, and the fixed mindset is the mindset that says that kind of what we are is largely unchangeable. So I would not speak Spanish if I were a fixed mindset person. It was by far my worst subject growing up, But luckily, I was raised in a household deeply steeped in the idea of a learning mindset. I think for most of us, that sense of being people of learning mindset includes how we learn about difference that we want to know about other people's experiences, other people's cultures, other people's foods and celebrations and music, and whether that's through travel, if we're lucky to be able to do that, or right here, digging into what is right in our community. We might not make what we're exposed to in any given week our regular playlist on Spotify or our Friday night go-to dinner, or learn the language of a culture that wasn't one we were raised in and double down to read original texts, but we expose ourselves to learning and growth. We love it, I think. There's a theory, maybe some of you know it, about how we live, we human beings, in relationship to difference. There are lots, but there's one. It's called the intercultural development continuum idea of how we are in relationship to difference. And it's one that I actually think makes sense for me, so if you don't already know it, I share a little bit of it with you. It believes that we human beings, we go through these predictable stages of our relationship with what we perceive of and experience as difference. And that we deepen, and as we deepen in our understanding and relationship, that we enter into the next phase of what that looks like. You can actually take a test. You can get a coach in the IDI if you like. A group of us from church got tested a few years back before pandemic. And basically, as I remember it, the framework says that after recognizing, hopefully very young, that difference actually does exist in the world, you're not that sheltered, that people originally see differences as worse, immediately as something to be scary, judged less than their own culture. Sometimes, often go, at least for a short period of time, into a relationship with difference that says that they actually can see the beauty of the culture that's different and maybe even think it's better than their own for a while. I know we all know people like that, right? They idealize another culture and diminish the value of their own. And then we come to a place where we see that there are similarities well beyond the differences. That we all bleed, hurt, hope, or a singer-songwriter Sting said in his 1985 song, right, in the midst of the Cold War, that Russians love their children too, in case you were wondering. That stage is this gorgeous forward motion into a relationship with difference in our world, and its weakness is that it tends to minimize the differences that are actually there between us and among us. It tends to overlook them in its quest to see what is shared and universal. Most Unitarian Universalists, if you survey us, are in this minimizing stage, it's called, in our relationship to difference. And the next step you might imagine, or have experienced, or be in the midst of, or have left far behind, and you're on to the next, is the ability to really see the differences, some less significant, some that matter a lot, that exist in the world across our life into another's. It can show up in small ways. I'm going to take a break for one second. This pulpit was built for a shorter person. I normally prop my sermon up, but it can show up in small ways. So, for instance, I once married a couple, and their biggest recurrent argument recurring argument was, how much food to buy when people were coming over. It seemed silly, like, can you just split the difference or something? Until you realized, when you talked to them, that it was cultural. And rooted in things like notions of hospitality, which in some cultures more than others is among the highest of virtues. So in India, a very common expression translated is, the guest is God. Running out of rice in an Indian wedding is the biggest shame a family can imagine. Because rice is so cheap and so not to be generous, on this piece of the wedding meal is the height of inhospitality, and disregard for the godliness of your guests. So, when one culture says that a superabundance is how you show love and respect and live out the highest virtue, and another says, as was true in this couple, that just enough is the height of propriety, You have got yourself not just a battle about the quantities of bagel and lox that you go and get at the corner store, but differences about what it means to be Moroccan and what it means to be German, showing up, waiting to be navigated. The tip of the iceberg of some of what you are gonna have to navigate to find a life between you that is understanding of what are irreconcilable differences of value that you have to navigate a way through. How we have conversations is cultural. Which of you, another piece of how cultural differences can show up and differences that are real. So I'm gonna ask you, which of you was raised in a culture where the norm of the conversation was that each person got to take their turn and speak uninterrupted until the next person was ready to speak? Yeah. That's called take a turn taking turns style of linguistics? And which of you were raised in families and cultures where people overlapped, called creative overlap? Yeah, right. And when a person who's from a take your turn culture marries a person or is in a close friendship even with a person who comes from this over creative overlapping, where interrupting, interrupting or speaking before someone is done is thought to be amplifying and a sign of enthusiasm and that you're listening. Does that generally work really well? No. This one person thinks you're being rude, and the other person thinks you're being sort of anal and controlling and not allowing them to be enthusiastically engaged, and you are not there <laughs> deciding the way you communicate, but cultural norms about what it means to be in relationship and conversation and it's work. In this next part of our journey around difference, mere knowledge also about a culture is not actually the only solution, though knowledge is always power. You and I could know a ton about Moroccan history and culture and Islam and probably none of it would show as much about what we needed to know about our differences as setting up for that brunch or having a conversation with one another's families and and bringing to that our attention, putting judgment aside, pulling curiosity front and center with a big question mark of something is going on here (laughs) and what is it? This way of being in relationship entails so many other skills. It entails stepping back and seeing the other, seeing the other as other, right? Not saying, I see no differences, because differences exist, you have now realized. And letting our eyes see them and not wash over them like that's some generous thing we do, but realizing it's not actually generous to sweep differences under the rug or to treat your norms as the norm and the other's ways as strange, but to wonder. And as we all know, if we've been in those moments where people have actually been open and wondered about something about us that feels non-normative in the way we move through the world because of our background or where we find ourselves at the moment, And as Mari said in her reflection, it's that moment when we feel truly seen and known, when people step in with wonder and openness and curiosity. It's at that point we can really be in relationship to people who are, yes, the same as us, and yet so very different. And that difference can take so many forms so many layers, the superficial and the much more heartbreakingly different. One of my biggest revelations, I'm married, for those of you who don't know, to a go-in Indian man, one of my biggest revelations over the last decade has been meeting people who make big life decisions based on what their family needs and expects. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? This whole different sense of your identity. Leaving as a friend I knew did his love of oceanography behind. And going back to run the family business and live in the family compound. Because in his community that was an expectation and he gladly lived into it. And he was and is happy And seeing how his family lived that was so different from mine in so many ways and all the blessings that his notion of family and the way they were together, there was never any moment where he had to stand on his own two feet. There were a hundred feet standing with him. And to see, to really begin to see that his dreams weren't being thwarted and his expression of his divine purpose wasn't being thwarted, that that was my vision of life but that he had this other gorgeous life that gave him purpose and meaning that was just different from mine in so many ways that I didn't see at first. And in each of these steps in our relationship to difference, we get, hopefully, each time a little more nuance a little more curiosity about all of that lays just beyond our knowing, no matter how much we know, right? There's so many more differences among us and layers about what it means to be human and make lives of meaning. To see more and more colors in the rainbow of human life and choices that are the same and vastly different. This is the lens that I hope we are actively leaning into in our spiritual, personal lives and journeys with difference certainly here in this community. I think we are, in our commitment to being citizens in one family, but what it really means, realizing, is all this rolling up of our sleeves with curiosity and care and kind of digging our hands into the layers, finding the roots, right, and layers of what there is to understand about one another. And with that understanding, all the appreciation for the wisdom that people bring out of their differences, and to celebrate them, to make it part of who we are, too. And our music in church today feels like an expression of that. It's simple and it's not so simple, and so it's a perfect example. What a mix we've had. We had the organ to start the day, and the choir sang a piece that was contemporary By a man, by the way, who was born in Texas, now lives in Germany, and in addition to being a songwriter, I read about him, he was also a choral director, and he studied gamelan while at the University of Texas, I think. The layers. And traditional mariachi born out of the indigenous people of Mexico, confluence and shaped by the Spanish conquistadors, a national treasure, world treasure. And which of these was sacred music, music that belongs in a church? I hope you have a hard time answering, or an easy time (laughs) in answering. In the sense that what we've heard today is what for Mari and millions of others in Mexico and Latin America and around the world is what it means to celebrate at weddings and funerals, songs of lament and exaltation and an expression of a, meaning for ser- a search for meaning and truth that resonates in the way the deepest kinds of ways with life experience and yearnings and love. And having learned from Mari, having her risk a little bit of sharing some of that, I don't think any of us will ever look at Mariachi the same way, even those of us who knew it and loved it and for whom it's a part of our own lives. I think we've all added a little layer to it. We'll never hear the gritos in the same way. Because what is sacred, which is just one realm of difference that we explore, what is sacred is not in a dictionary and it's not in a history book and it's never defined, it's in the hearts of the people who gather. The people whose mission and hearts are committed to what diverse community is about and who make it a spiritual practice to be in it in a particular way. The way we stepped in this morning It's in how we treat time and learn to, how we will engage in conflict and understand the different schools of how people see conflict needs to be negotiated in our sense of personal space that we learn to respect and how we understand our sexuality and the role of elders and gender norms and the way children are raised and so much more. Realizing that we are the same sometimes. And we are different, often. And we find ways to seek the wisdom of that adventure. So let the jazz band and the mariachi and the organ play and the choir sing, and some people dance, and some sit still, and quiet in reflection, and the stories among us be told, and risks taken, and the sense of the sacred enlarge. And may we be enlarged, too. May our gritos be heard in solidarity, but also a new opportunity for expression. And may we come to know the greater fullness of the rainbow, of all the colors of which we are a part, and delight in the whole of it. So may it be. And let the fun begin. Let's sing together as our closing hymn, number 305, De Colores. In your gray hymnal, you may rise as you're able in body or spirit. Remain standing and say our benediction. You can join hands if you want. I can see some of you putting out your hands, not sure what to do. Here we'll reach. And now, good people, in our comings and our goings, may the light of love shine upon us. Out from within us, be gracious unto us and grant us peace. For this is the day we are given. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen.